0: looking for Todd and Ben. If you find them, please tell them to go on the Tuesday Night Hangout podcast and log in for the show.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Tuesday Night Hangout. This is going to be a really good show. Got a, uh, a couple of guys here from Resurgence and uh, I'd like to welcome uh, Ben, uh, I'm sorry, Brian and Will right away. Hey guys, how you doing?
2: All right.
1: <clears throat> awesome. All right. Um, today or tonight we have uh, Todd from Resurgence PPG and we have Ben um, and they're going to be talking about uh, the Resurgence program. So, uh, Todd, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing? And uh, then, Ben, I want to talk about, you know, you and your story. And Sure.
3: Well, I, uh, as you guys know, I am Todd Scandred. I'm a paramotor pilot. I like uh, soft jazz and long walks on the beach. It's I am a gentle uh, lover as well. I Very gentle lover. I've got soft hands. And uh, I, I'm known for wonderful hugs and the willingness to cuddle. Willingness um, more like a militant demand for cuddling? Listen, it, it, as long as you don't say no. <laughs> nice. We don't really have a choice.
1: <laughs>
3: um, no, so I, I am the uh, founder and, uh, I guess, president of Resurgence PPG and our mission and goal is to engage and uh, involve adaptive veterans and get them involved in the adventure sport of powered paragliding. Um, So we started about four years ago and uh, we, you know, obviously this is a niche sport um, and we've been growing slowly and steadily, and we're happy to announce that we just completed uh, the sponsorship of our 25th alumni um, two weeks ago. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're pretty proud of that. And the, the big thing is, I mean, we, this whole process really, it, it leans on the paramotor community. We've been able to do this because the paramotor community is, is willing to support it. Um, the paramotor community is, is willing to support, you know, adaptive and disabled veterans. Um, you guys see the mission as, being necessary and worthwhile and you know for that I, I can't thank you guys enough because with without you guys without shows like this without people being out there to be an advocate for us it wouldn't happen um, so to all the supporters and everybody that's donated uh, thank you guys because uh, you guys made it happen
4: yes thank you very much uh, as well, I alumni- think uh, I think
1: I think we all need to thank you guys for you know your service that you guys did. And I think the paramotor community will do whatever we can do to support you guys. And that's
3: and cool. that's, that's true. Um, you know, and I've, I've had the huge benefit of, you know, going to so many fly-ins and meeting so many great people. Um, it, it's one of those crazy things that if you're a paramotor pilot and you've been to one fly-in, you realize that the community is so much better and so much stronger than, what it looks like on social media, you know, we we see the drama and you know all the issues that pop up on you know Facebook and whatnot, and you know, unfortunately, that's that's not what this community is. I mean, you you go to fly-ins or other events and you see the support that that we get. It, it's amazing, you know. And uh, you know, I I guess I was just lucky when I I had this idea and you know this epiphany that came to me that said, hey, this this might be something that could work. Um, and now it seems it has, and we've, we've really, uh, I, I think we've, we've hit on something special for the entire community.
1: Yeah. Well, wow, 25 people have gone through your program. Yep. So tell us how, tell us how that, that works. Tell us how the nominations, the funding, you know, how does all that work?
3: Okay. So to the, the funding piece, um, I get on social media and I, I make posts and I come on shows like this and I beg, plead and grovel for money. Um, I, I do it to the point that I'm sure everybody's sick of hearing me, uh, you know, ask for donations and asking for people to step up. Um, but that's, that's the lifeblood. That is, that is what keeps us going and that's what makes it possible for us to do what we do. Um, the nomination process is it's an application uh, on our website, uh, resurgenceppg.com. Uh, individuals that find out about our program, they can go to the website, um, click on the nomination page, um, fill out the, the questionnaire. And it asks things like it's general contact information. Um, you know, there's some information, health related questions about the nominee. Uh, and then there's space for a narrative. And it's in that narrative that I'm able to learn about that nominee, and that's kind of where I am able to make the determination on whether the individual um, would really benefit from our program. Um, and it's tough because I mean we have a an unbelievable wait list right now. I've got so many applications in, uh, and we just don't have the funding to to meet that need. So. I have to be very selective, in you know who who I pick to to sponsor and train. Um, but I I look at a couple things. You know, one is will do I believe the program will be beneficial to that individual. And what I mean by that is, I try to pick individuals that I believe will stick with the sport that they'll they will buy in and they will make the investment to stay in the sport because we're making a huge investment in them. Um, And then, you know, I look at, you know, geographically, you know, is there a school or are there instructors um, close by, or is there a flying community close by that will be able to get them partnered up with local mentors um, so they can truly become a part of the paramotor community um, outside of resurgence, you know, they'll have people close to home that will get to know them, that will get to know their story and understand, you know, what they've been through and their journey into the sport. Um, and you know, the, the other thing is, will they, will they make an impact within the resurgence group? Um, because there's, there's a huge side to all of this that goes unseen. Um, and it's something that Ben will, might touch on, might speak on, um, but on the backside of all this, the, the brotherhood and the community of resurgence alumni, um, I think that is my proudest achievement. Um, you know, we, we are a pretty, pretty tight, very close group of guys. Um, yeah. and we, you know, we got a discord chat. We've got a Facebook messenger chat. And, you know, it's daily We're we're on there chatting with each other, um, you know, giving each other advice. And the vast majority of what we talk about uh, is not paramotor related. It's uh, life related. And that's what's so important about what we're doing is, you know, where we are providing that connection back to a, the military service and a military brotherhood. Um, that so many of us miss out on once we separate from service and we transition into the civilian world. Um, And, you know, getting to know the guys, getting to know their families and, you know, their idiosyncrasies and, you know, truly what they like, what they don't like, what motivates them, um, you know, what their concerns are, you know, that's huge. And it's, it's that part of this program that, we, we don't advertise a lot, and it doesn't get a lot of credit, but that's actually where we truly are saving lives. Yeah, absolutely.
4: So if that makes any sense. <laughs> I, I think, Todd, I think we may have lost some people here. Nope, there they are. We're back. Yeah, we're still here. Oh, I was ready to carry the show. Oh, <laughs> <ready to> carry <laughs> right. we'll, we'll go face. ahead and go from
1: here
2: then. Um, yeah, will Will, you got any questions? Um, yeah, I mean the 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 whole story, Todd, of how you came up with the idea of resurgence, and um, you've got a, a powerful story. I think you know, a personal story as far as. Um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, isn't the paramotor that what helped you overcome some things or?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So how did Um, that all come about? So we've, we've got to venture back to, uh, 2007. Uh, I was on my, uh, my deployment to Iraq and I had suffered a heart attack in Baghdad. Um, surprisingly during combat, having a heart attack in Baghdad is not really the best place for, to have a cardiac event. Um, I know you're surprised. Uh, I was surprised, um, but not really a good place. So the amount of time that it took for them to evacuate me from Iraq back to Germany, um, and then from Germany back to the States to Walter Reed, uh, it took a week before they were able to get me through that cardiac event. Um, because of that, I had uh, tremendous, heart damage. Um, and so I was able to remain in service surprisingly. Um, and then in 2011, I had a second heart attack. Um, and at that point in time, the army was like, Hey, we're done with you. Uh, you're not going to be able to stay in any longer. We're going to medically retire you. And so I was going through the, uh, medical separation process. And during that process, I, had another significant cardiac event, uh, that resulted in having a, uh, ICD implanted in my chest. And so it's, it's basically a fancy, uh, pacemaker. Uh, it's a pacemaker defibrillator that I've got up in my chest that, you know, keeps my heart in proper rhythm and keeps me going. Um, cool thing about it is my newest one has Bluetooth. Um, <laughs> so I can connect to it, I'm still trying to figure out how to get my Spotify account to connect to it, so I can play some music. <laughs> but, um, and so the big thing for me was, you know, after after that surgery and being separated or being retired from the army, um, it was the challenge of having to reinvent myself. And it's, and that's the challenge that so many guys go through when they separate from service is. You know, for so long when you're in the military, from the time you go to basic, you are you are told and you're taught that you are unstoppable. You can do anything you set your mind to. You are the tip of the spear. You are a member of the most lethal fighting force in the world. And all of a sudden, the day you get that DD-214 and you're medically separated or you're medically retired, you're not you're not worth it anymore. You, you no longer have that value. And that is a, that is a significant, um, mental event that we, we don't give veterans enough credit for, for having to navigate that process. And so with me, um, going through that and realizing that, you know, physically I'm not the same guy I, I had been you know, because physically, I'm not the same guy I used to be. Uh, mentally, I wasn't the same guy. And, you know, it resulted in, you know, significant depression. Um, you know, there was the depression, anxiety. Um, and, you know, during that process, I was like, man, I just, I've got to figure out something else to do with my life. Um, I had taken up bass fishing, had a couple of buddies that, you know, took me out bass fishing a lot. And, you know, I was really getting into that. And, I was at the point I was getting ready to drop 50 grand on a bass boat. And, uh, all of a sudden I saw this, uh, saw this video of Tucker Gott flying to 15,000 feet. And I was like, man, that's incredible that this kid can fly up to 15,000 feet. And so I started following the rabbit hole and for me, you know, and I'll be honest with folks, it was completely selfish, completely selfish. I started doing searches for veteran organizations that would help me learn how to fly these things. And, you know, it was for me, I was like, Hey, you know, I want to learn how to fly these things. Um, didn't have any thought about, you know, helping anybody else out. Um, but then I realized there weren't organizations to do it. And what I found is that there are so many organizations out there for veterans But the vast majority of them are for combat wounded, combat disabled veterans. And so if you're a guy like me that had an illness or a a medical condition that was not combat related, you fall through the cracks. You're not eligible. And, you know, so I kind of took that personally. I was like, man, that's kind of screwed up that there aren't these programs. I'm going through the same stuff a guy that gets hit by an IED would go through. I mean, I'm having the exact same reactions to things. You know, I have a lot of the same experiences that they do, but I didn't lose a limb or I didn't I didn't get hit by shrapnel. And so I was kind of like, man, you know, there needs to be an organization that, you know, has a broader net, you know, to capture more of these individuals. Um, And the more I started thinking about it, I was like, man, let me go ahead and start one you know, I'll I'll be that guy. And, uh, so I actually incorporated, um, about seven months before I started training. And so I, I went about it completely backwards. Um, but my belief was that if this sport could help me, it could help somebody else. And so, um, I, I paid for my own training out of my own pocket and the first two candidates I sponsored were completely out of my pocket. Um, and what that did is that that showed one that I was actually serious about this. Um, but also it, it provided the proof of concept that, you know, my idea could work. And I was lucky enough that people started to buy in and people started to believe in me and people started believing the mission. And, uh, so we started getting the donations and We've received a couple of grants at this point and, you know, we're we're 25 alumni in and we've got a couple of guys uh, standing by to get into the pipeline ready to go. So that's kind of where, where we came from and where we're at now.
2: Right on, man. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And I'll tell you this. You've heard me say resurgence PPG rocks. And it really does. And I'll tell you that uh, other than Eric, you're the only charity I donate to. I'll bless you. No, seriously, I believe in, in what you're doing, there. I thank you for what you're doing.
3: I appreciate it. Um, so I see Josh Perry has a question. Yes. Um and so I I started foot launching. Um and so one one of my main goals with resurgence is demonstrating the accessibility of the sport, you know, because a lot of people, you know, like Ben's situation, there are a lot of folks that you sit there and say, Hey, you know, we, we have an alumni that's a paraplegic, but he's able to foot launch, you know, they freak out about it. You know, we've, we've sponsored Robert Bruce who's a a double amputee. Um, You know, he's on two prosthetic legs. He foot launches got Sean Michael Horn, who's a single leg amputee. He foot launches. And, you know, in my case, the question was about my ICD and whether it prevented me from foot launching it. And, and it doesn't. Um, you know, that's, that's why I'm, I've got my trike rating now, but I very rarely fly the trike. Um, it's, you know, and for me, it is all about breaking those misconceptions on what the adaptive community is able to do. Um, you know, and so, you know, we've, we've got a candidate that we're, we're looking at you know, sponsoring that is a paraplegic and a single leg amputee, you know, that's going to be an incredible store for people to see. But, you know, at the same time, I, I want people to look at us and say, wow, if those guys can do it, I can do it. You know, and I, I want people to take that positive message away and, you know, make a change in their life and do something positive for themselves.
1: Right, Brian. Do you have any questions?
3: He's on mute. You're on
2: mute, Brian. Gotcha.
1: But he
3: sounds really good. Yeah, great question. (laughs) Never sounded better, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I, what what I would say to that is actually feed your puppy uh, puppy (laughs) branded food. Don't don't switch to adult food until it gets to the right age because you don't want it's red, right?
0: That's eighteen months, right?
3: Yeah, something like that. So you know, just follow the instructions, and your puppy will will turn into a beautiful, full grown dog.
0: See, that's the problem. He doesn't follow my instructions all the time.
3: Oh no you you have to set those boundaries. They're like children. <laughs> I, I've I've got a golden retriever as well. I know what it's like.
0: Oh man, he's he's a mess. Yeah, he's he's such a good dog. He's uh, almost eighty pounds now. So
3: wow. <laughs> Yeah, our golden is uh 120. Oh wow. She's yeah, I've never, had, <laughs> never she, had a dog that big. She's like her dad. She's, but she's this show is girl. not about
0: me or about Red. The show is about Ben and Todd and uh what they do. And uh just listening to Todd's story there. Um anyway, brought out some emotions and and to, to know what he's been through and talk to some of his other candidates and what they've been through. And, you know, we've all got our problems in life. Um, I've had issues with my foot. We all think our problems are the worst, but when I hear what some of these other people have been through, um, it really just makes me step back and think, um, you know, I really don't have it bad. And to be able to get these guys into the air to do one of the coolest things in the world, in my opinion, that anybody could do, um, no matter what your problems are, you get up there and they're gone. Um, and for you to be able to bring that to other people, um, especially disabled veterans, I um, will look up to you, Todd, for sure.
3: Well, I, I appreciate that, you know. And, and to your point, it, it's something that uh, it, it kind of hit me talking about, you know, my story and the story of some of the other alumni. Um, if anybody that's listening to this, you know, if they see the tent set up at a fly-in and they see a number of us sitting around and we're we're shooting the breeze and we're joking please feel free feel welcome to come sit with us come, come sit in listen to what we're talking about listen to how we interact with each other um because i i can tell you each each one of the alumni that we have they each have an incredible story uh you know on their own merits um but the thing that's amazing about it you know we we could all you know sit there and just be in amazement and be in awe at what these guys have been through but when when we're sitting around the campfire and we realize we've all kind of been through the same thing we all have kind of the same experiences and it's just a bunch of idiots having a good time and yep. you know it's it, it it really does solidify that brotherhood um and you know i just i just ask people you know come hang out with us hang hang out with the guys learn their stories learn learn a little bit about us and you know you you'll see that it this whole experience is so much more than flying
1: so um i would like to hear ben's story and kind of from start to finish and sure. everything in between
4: all right so I guess you know I'm I've been flying since 2013. Uh, I first learned a foot launch in 2013. I'm um, here in Wisconsin because um, it was cool. You know um, I saw you know all the videos of powered paragliding going back to you know early 2000s because from a very young age I was always interested in aviation. Um, specifically amateur aviation, and I don't know why it was specifically that, but I think it was probably, mm, I was probably seven or eight and caught a, uh, a Discovery Channel documentary or whatever on ultralight flyers. And It was about people that had built their own planes and used it to travel across the country, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. So, of course, I promptly took all the scrap wood that we had in the backyard and uh, garage and tried to make my own airplane, which (laughs) was blue. But it was the thought that counts. Um, I uh, enlisted in the military when I was 21, and uh, I served in both Iraq and Afghanistan. I did 12 months in Iraq, 15 months of Afghanistan. I have a bunch of TDY, temporary duty assignments, uh, through various other wonderful places in this world. Um, and, uh, I was active duty for a while. Then I went to army national guard and in 2016, I was uh, a sergeant in the army national guard, um, uh, I'm relatively successful on the civilian side of things. And, um, I, uh, had a, a bad back, uh, go figure a guy that spent most of his career in combat arms has a bad back. So the problem with, with anything back related is, you know, doctor's going to want an MRI. Well, I can't have an MRI because I have shrapnel in me. Um, so being around a very large magnet just doesn't sound like a really good idea. So the doctor ordered what's called a CT myelogram and a C, That's what they used to use to image backs before we had MRIs or in cases where we can't use an MRI. Like in my case, um, the procedure is simple. It's dye injected into your spinal column. And then, then they run you under a CT to get some more detailed imaging, specifically of the spaces between your vertebrae, the, where the discs sit. Okay. Um, I had one of these before. They suck. Uh, they're not fun. Um, I wouldn't willingly say, sure, yeah, let's do one of these. But they're not the worst in the world. Well, this time around, which I still remember the date. It was August 8, 2016. This time around, um, they injected the dye into my spine, and uh, something – didn't feel right. Uh, something was horribly wrong. Uh, it was the worst pain of my life. And uh, the this was at the VA. Um, and they still continued with the procedure, I told them to stop and they didn't. Um, and then I got taken back to an outpatient recovery room in radiology. And they spent the next three hours trying to force me to leave the hospital uh by bribing me with uh first was Tylenol with codeine then it was Vicodin then it was Percocet uh then they were gonna look and see about getting me fentanyl patches for my back which that's like the nuclear option and um I ended up getting admitted uh for pain control and by that time I couldn't stand. Um I I uh my legs felt like they were really heavy. Um like they felt very dull. Um over the next 12 hours of the hospital, more and more of my body shut down. Uh, I couldn't pee on my own by the next morning. Uh, I couldn't uh, feel anything in my legs. Um, I was either non-reflexive or hyper-reflexive. It varied from a moment to the next. So my relaxes were all jacked up. And uh, over the next four days, uh, I had medical doctor after medical doctor come in, And uh, essentially tell me that I was manifesting my symptoms and uh, it was just my response to pain and it would go away soon and I have to force myself to stand and all this stuff. Well, I was not satisfied with the level of care I was receiving at the VA, so I fought and won my fight to get transferred to a freighter hospital, this big level one trauma facility in Wisconsin. And I get to freighter and I was in such poor condition. Um, and after I was only in the hospital for four days, but you would have thought I was in a long-term care facility for two months. Uh, I was not good. I was, I was dirty. I was, I had uh, these anti-bed sore dressings on, which the really frankly confused the the emergency room staff at freighter. And they said, all right, screw it. Doesn't matter what he came here with, just start over retriage him." So I talked to a specialist there. And they said, yeah, uh, you have a a spinal injury. You have what we believe is an incomplete spinal cord injury. Something happened with the CT myelogram. Not sure what it is, but we need to treat the inflammation in your spine. Now, here's some really dangerous medication that's going to absolutely damage your muscles and might shut down your heart. But would you like a chance at walking again? Yes, please give it to me in, in this vein right here. So we did that and then I spent the next month in the hospital in the spinal cord injury unit at Freighter, which was absolutely outstanding and absolutely revolutionary, state of the art, um, doing intense physical therapy and uh, I was able to stand and I was able to kind of wobble back and forth with a walker while suspended from a ceiling. But essentially after a month in the hospital, they're like, yeah, it's time to go home and continue your therapy. Um which was really weird. Uh, I was newly married. I got married while in the hospital, actually, when I was at the VA and getting worse every day. Um, however, uh, my wife at the time, I'm no longer married. Uh, when I came home from the hospital and she realized that I wasn't going to get, going to get better, uh, or at least not anytime soon, she pretty much checked out right away. Uh, so that was pretty rough. Um, I had lost my job two weeks after getting out of the hospital, my civilian job, inexplicably, which was super shocking, which also took my civilian insurance with it. Um, I didn't maintain military insurance at the time, uh, so I was kind of screwed. Uh, I tried to transfer my care, my physical therapy back to the VA um, since I didn't have private insurance anymore, and the VA denied my physical therapy consults as not medically necessary, and it stayed this way for about 18 months. Um, in those 18 months, I created a business uh, while laid, laid up in a bed. Um, I found a way to make ends meet, and then I went after the Army National Guard and said, what are you doing with me? Uh, the Army was like, well, normally we would give you a full year. It's been about six months of being on this physical profile. Um, given the extent of your injury, we think it's probably better if we move towards a medical discharge. So. I knew, you know, kind of like in Todd's situation, I was headed for a med board, um, but it was a fight for me because I didn't want a medical discharge. I wanted to be medically retired. If an injury uh, incurred in your service substantially or something substantially related to an injury incurred in service um, negatively impacts your uh, medical fitness to where you're no longer retainable as a soldier, uh, the Army is obligated to retire you since essentially it's their fault. Um, whereas a discharge would be like we're dischar- we're excusing you from your military obligations because of this medical reason, uh, it doesn't come along with the same benefits. I wanted a retirement, so I fought for about a year and a half to get retired from the military. And um, before the army had actually uh, given me a, a date for my hearing on whether or not to retire me, uh, I got a phone call from uh, Todd, and I thought it was a prank. Um, he told me about Resurgence PPG. Uh, I was vaguely familiar with them, probably from a Tucker Gott video. And he told me that uh, he had received my nomination packet and just received a, a, a donation and wanted to sponsor me to relearn how to fly a powered paraglider. He was aware of the fact that I was already a paramotor pilot. Um, he was aware of my injury and um, a little bit of my story. And wanted to see what I felt, how I felt about relearning to fly a wheeled powered paraglider. Um, Once I verified that this was not a prank uh, and that I was not hallucinating in some type of weird, I don't know, thing, um, I was like, yeah, absolutely, I'm on board. Yeah, absolutely, I want to do it. You know, I've been a foot launcher before. Uh, After my spinal cord injury, I never thought I would fly again. Um, You know, I'm in and out of a wheelchair. I can kind of move around. This is where my, where my, my level of ability currently is. And uh, Todd said he'd work with me and he'd be in touch. And so we stayed in touch for a couple of months and then finally settled on, I believe it was uh, October of 2018. Uh, I think it was, I'd have to go back and check and see. It may have been earlier than that, but uh, I went down to Florida. I met up with Eric DeFore and Eric DeFore is an absolute legend in this sport. And he is very much a French Canadian drill sergeant. Um, he has a very unique personality, uh, and he is a very direct, intensely focused teacher. And that is the best way that I can describe Eric DeFore. And I love Eric DeFore dearly, uh, because he helped get me back in the sky. Um, when I was down there, I, I didn't bring my wheelchair, um, cause I was getting around okay with some canes. And, uh, Eric's first thing, he asked me was, you need those things to walk. And I'm like, yeah, kind of, I, I, I kind of do is like, well, can you walk without them? like, uh, for a little bit, kind of here and there It goes, okay, well we're going to test that. I'm like, okay. If my physical therapist knew what Eric DeFore did to me for two weeks, I don't know if they'd be shockingly proud of me for enduring that or thinking that Eric is a monster because he had me out there with a cane trying to kite a wing in high wind conditions, even though it's a small wing. Um, he had me, uh, trying to uh, balance a wing overhead um, and then let go of my cane and let the wing carry my weight. Uh, so I don't need a cane. It was really some very revolutionary novel concepts that Eric was talking about. I think he may have actually discovered a new therapy for people with um, lower section uh, mobility disorders, which I, I actually say that not even joking, um, because he pushed me through a lot of stuff and I had like 25 or 26 flights and that two week period that I was down there and what was funny to me is uh, before my injury, uh, when I first learned to fly, I thought it was cool, but I didn't do it that often. I owned my own equipment, but I just never really like felt the motivation to like pack up all my stuff and throw my paramotor in the back of my truck and go fly somewhere. Um, and I was afraid of what my family would think of me. So I just like did it in secret. Like the guy that secretly skydives it was stupid. Uh, but then when my injury happened, I thought, Oh, well, you know, I really enjoyed doing that. I thought I would never do it again. So when I was able to actually start doing it again, um, I was hooked. Uh, I came home, um, and, uh, I started pinching pennies and I got a, uh, uh appropriately sized, uh, PPG quad. Uh, I didn't like the trikes cause you know, I know I can tip those over pretty easily. Uh, but I went with a quad and it was really good for me because, um, Even when I was still in my wheelchair, I still had residual hip function, so I could push. I couldn't necessarily pull. So when steering a trike, it was very difficult. But when steering a quad, my legs at a natural spread could just simply push in the direction I needed to go. So it made it a lot easier for me to control. And uh, after I got my new quad, and, you know, thanks to Blackhawk Paramotor, by the way, because they were super awesome. I've had black, four Blackhawk Paramotors uh, in my time as a pilot, all outstanding, all great customer service. But this last time around, um, uh, Mike Robinson really went the extra mile to really make it special for me. And I was really appreciative of it. Um, got my quad. I put it together with uh, my buddy Sam Thier of Wisconsin Flight Sports. Uh, check out wisconsinflightsports.com. They're great guys if you're in the area and um then uh, uh sam and i uh rolled my unit out i hobbled over with my cane and set my wing up all by myself and i took off and i flew again you know by myself uh, about eight months after i finished training with eric defor and i was like I've, I've made it i finally i'm back in the sky um i've done this myself i got here myself and uh I don't need to be under the supervision of an instructor anymore. I can clearly do this by myself, which was a very good uh, sense of validation for me. Um, And then as I've uh, uh, progressed physically, I've gotten better. I no longer walk with a cane, so I get around a lot better. My limp is less and less pronounced as time goes on. And I'm very grateful that um, uh, a little over a year ago, uh, November of 2020, at a resurgence reunion, uh, I pulled off my first foot launch in six years. I was actually able from being in a wheelchair, um, to now foot launching again, uh, it wasn't a very long flight and I kind of sort of broke my prop on landing, but I still pulled it off. Uh, I had a lot of help. I had uh, Mike Cotter from Fly My PPG there. Um, we had Mark Amundsen. we had Todd, we had a whole bunch of other people there that were pulling for me and just really, really supported me as a community to say, you know, Ben, you know, you already a fl- already a pilot. You can already fly a quad. If foot launching is that important to you, we're gonna make it happen for you. You're gonna pull it off on this trip. And it just so happened that one night the the stars aligned or or the winds were right and everything was in the right direction. And um there's a cool video out on my YouTube channel. Um it's a small snippet of, of, of it, but there's there's so much that goes into that flight. There was so much building up to that because, you know, for a long time I thought I'll, I'll never do this again. Um, but, uh, you know, when I pulled it off, it was like this, this emotional wave that came over me when I was flying around and I only took one lap and then I landed busting a prop and, uh, everyone was running to come check on me to make sure I was okay. And, uh, it was funny as a, a woman we were with asked if I could feel my legs. I'm like, no, She's like, oh my god, really? I'm like, yeah. Well, I couldn't before, so it's fine. Uh, spinal cord injury humor that most people don't understand. We, we like dark humor. Uh, it's like the one thing guy. It's like going, well, I get half off when I buy shoes now, but you know, no one understands that. But uh, yeah, so I pulled that off, and it was it was super cool. But to Todd's point, you know, Resurgence PPG is is more than just a, a hobby or a sport. Um, when you are an alumni, a member of Resurgence PPG, you are really part of a community again. And that is a community or a sense of community that many of us deeply miss from service. Um, and it is something that the vast majority of us desperately crave in everything that we do. And while, you know, you can find a sense of community in anything. I mean, how the paramotor community is a, is a great community, but it's not the same. And in Resurgence PPG, the community that we found in, in each other is one of shared experiences, of shared tastes, I mean, if you think about it, we're a bunch of broken veterans that like to fly under a cocktail napkin. I mean, we've got everything in common that we need to have in common. We sworn off to this country one day and didn't ask anything in return. We got some pretty good benefits out of it. and We're very appreciative of it, but we're just simple people. You know, we just like to be left alone. We like to have fun. And we've found commonality in this shared sport that we have, uh, which is, you know, however you want to say it. It's like, you know, if you think you're crazy, you're not crazy until you fly with a lawnmower and engine under a giant cocktail napkin. That's, that's kind of what we do. Um, there's obviously a lot more to it than that. But um, the community has has really been very beneficial, uh, especially to me. Um, I went through some really rough times um, with uh, uh, when my marriage ended, uh, and I was part of the resurgence community. Um, I went through some really rough times when I had to close my business, and I was part of the resurgence community. Um, more so recently, I had some personal troubles, some, some personal demons were really hard to ignore. And, uh, the community was there for me. In fact, um, I, uh, am known so intimately by members of the community that, um, you know, in the recent history, I was having a rough time. And by very subtle cues, I was dropping, someone took it upon themselves to call the veterans crisis line and have them reach out to me. It was actually very, very good that they did. Um, and, uh, that's something that can only happen when you truly have a rapport and an intimate knowledge of another human.
1: Nice. The, um, you know, I'm reading the comments and kind of posting them when you guys were talking and it's like, everything is just such a positive, you know, comment that's out there. Um, it's really cool hearing your story. Um, Hey, Mark. From Paralife PPG, how are you doing?
5: I'm doing good. How y'all doing?
1: Good, good. Um, got any questions for these two gentlemen?
0: Well, yeah, men... one. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, all
4: right, I win. Ben, where are you at, man? Where, where uh, I'm all, at I'll about a half hour west of Milwaukee in Wisconsin.
0: Okay, all right. How far well, is I that from here?
1: Uh, he's about three hours, uh, three and a half hours, maybe four, uh, south of us, so.
4: Oh, it's probably a lot warmer down there, then, huh?
1: Oh yeah, he's a southern boy. You know, they're in
4: George, yeah, uh, southern. Oh, Todd likes to point out that I am technically still north of Canada's most southern point. Yep. He is right about that.
3: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you, yeah. You you almost are Canadian because of that. No, I were. Still superior, but I mean, what do I know? Um, <laughs> I mean, Eric, you train you a Canadian, you're trained with uh, Canadian. You live north of a Canadian city. I mean, come on, a Canadian
4: town, not a city, but it's like a town or maybe even a village. But, they have um,
3: more than two stoplights, man.
4: Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think that's not true. Um, Wikipedia says you're lying, uh, Eric. Are you uh, closer to like, the Green Bay area, or are you like north uh, west? So we are between Tomahawk
1: and, I'm sorry, we are between Wausau and Manaqua so in Tomahawk. So do you know where Wausau is? Yes. Okay, so we're about 40 minutes north of Wausau.
4: Okay, all right, I get it.
1: So, I mean, the trees stop growing in Wausau. We're about 40 miles north of that. Okay. That's where you'll find us.
4: Okay, well, do you make it to Oshkosh?
1: You know, I've never been to Oshkosh. I mean, I drove. Really, by. you live in this state, man. I know, wow. and we were going to go last year, but there was a fly-in that was happening. I don't remember. Which it was one. called Air
3: Venture. It's the largest fly-in in the
1: right, exactly you know, world. So I, I think I'm thinking we're going to go this year. I, last year, I looked at going to it, and I just got so confused on the whole camping. I, I, everything just got. I never understood it. Well, so, you can
4: always do what I do and cozy up with a vendor that has uh, on-site camping privileges and then squeeze your toy hauler next to theirs. Bingo. I think that's what <laughs> I'm going to have to do. I've never done that this past year.
1: What I'll have to do is uh, I'll have to keep in t- contact with you guys and yeah. maybe you guys can help me get in there. But uh, no, that's... I think it's an awesome thing that you're doing, Todd. Um, it's It's... It's some, you guys are a, how do you say it? An organization inside of an organization. I know what it's like to hang out with the guys that we hang out with at the fly-ins. I can only imagine what it's like for you guys, you know? um, So just, it's unbelievable.
3: Well, we, uh, on on more than one occasion, we have consumed beverages out of uh, prosthetic limbs so you know wh- whether it's a uh a foot or a, a leg um shots have been taken are these new well hang on. well doesn't everybody have a, a prosthetic limb in their office i mean i mean i have limbs in my office the prosthetic is
4: kind of a amount of term that i would call them
3: but yeah so if uh if you guys are interested in doing shots out of a foot, swing by the resurgence tent. There there may you, you heard there it here. Boot.
2: You heard it here first on this show.
3: Right? boot.
4: <laughs> there may or may not be a, a video of Mark Amundsen drinking out of a resurgence alumni's prosthetic leg.
3: Yeah. So I know uh, uh, Brandon Vilt is in the chat or he was earlier. Um, he's actually our 25th alumni and uh so he he actually took his foot off during training down in wachula and uh, ended up passing it around and i have some horribly incriminating video and pictures of certain certain individuals uh partaking of uh some good whiskey out of a prosthetic foot so good times
1: that's, yeah i'm not
3: I'm not saying it gets crazy or anything, but uh we we will try to enjoy ourselves right all right uh Mark,
1: you got any questions
5: um i I just wanted to make sure and say thank you to Todd and Ben both for their service and any other veterans that are in the that listen to the show or watch it. uh you know, I never served, and I sure do appreciate you guys that did.
3: Well, I appreciate it. And so one thing that I I would be remiss if I, I didn't talk about it, um, there is actually a very large veteran community, uh, within the paramotor community. And obviously, um, not all of them are resurgence guys. Um, there, there are a lot of veterans out there that have gotten into the sport, you know, on their own, um, but if you guys run into guys that are, that are veterans, you know, share some of the love with them as well. I mean, we, we have a, an interesting story because, you know, I, I put it front and center and I, I try to get attention in multiple ways. Um, but if you come across another paramotor pilot, that's a veteran, you know, share the love with those guys as well, you know, cause they, they've gone through the same kind of thing that we have. Um, and you know, just, they weren't sponsored by us, but they're, they're still part of that brotherhood and they've the shared experiences and whatnot. Um, You know, so, you know, please, you know, as you give us thanks, please give them thanks as well.
1: Right. Absolutely. You know, and I know that, you know, when we were at the fly-ins you would just come right over and uh fill your plate up with food and sit down and eat right in front of us when we were okay. Oh, I mean, it.
3: now you're, now you're, pulling out the fat jokes and, you know, (laughs) fat shaming me just because my shadow weighs more than will. (laughs) I mean, Uh. yeah, yeah. But, you know, somebody, I I don't know who it was, had mentioned that you guys had some food and, you know, Shane was cooking. And, you know, my whole thing is we're, we're all in this together. We're, we're about a community and, you know, I'm just as interested in learning you all stories as, you know, you guys are about learning our alumni stories. Um, you know, I, I enjoy sitting around and listening to people give Brian a hard time because he tried to give a foot high five to a hay bale. <laughs>
0: oh, I did. I was successful. <laughs> oh,
3: well, I, I don't think we can say it was successful when you aren't able to walk away cleanly. I know. I don't know. It all depends on how you rate success. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I I had to a buddy positive attitude about it. <laughs> so I had a buddy in high school that kind of did the same thing, but uh what he did is he reached his hand out the window doing about 60 miles an hour to high five a traffic cone. And so he 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 hit it. He he got that traffic cone with his hand, but he also broke his hand. The yeah, human
0: body is way more fragile than we like to think it is. Right, and, uh, it's, it's amazing how quick those bones snap
4: and pop, man. Well, That's Brian, I, I I will say though, you'd be surprised at how tough the human body actually is at healing, for sure. But even at what say? it can endure, not even, yeah. even what it can. I've been shot three times and blown up five separate occasions. Wow, oh, my
3: hilarious. body's not
4: perfect, but it's still together.
3: Dude, you need to stop going to the range with those people because whoever you're going with, they can't (laughs) shoot. Well,
4: actually, the the third time I got shot was by a lieutenant in the back at a clearing barrel. So, you know, Todd, that's one of your people.
3: Uh, It's not one of my people. He was in your unit. (laughs) (laughs) No, he was from another unit. He's
4: from a trans unit.
3: Oh, see, um, now you're, now you're bringing preferred pronouns and everything into it. No, Let's transportation that. unit, you,
4: oh, you're yeah. man, Let's
0: clarify that one. <laughs> oh, man. Now, I don't even know how to follow with that. You know, obviously, uh,
3: yeah, I'm sorry, to... completely derailed the whole, the whole show. <laughs> yeah. No.
4: yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, there's a, there's a military saying that, that holds true in this context, which is your mind will always quit before your body will don't underestimate your body. I thought you were going to say "Don't
2: ask, don't tell," but
4: you well, know, that is that too. <laughs> that is kind of the policy of of Resurgence PPG. I've noticed uh, it's kind of like we don't care. Um, we're here for flying. Do you want to talk about flying? Yes, great. Let's talk about flying. Fine. You know, it's 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 one of of great acceptance. Which you know, the majority of the paramotor community, I think, is very much like that as well, too. Right. Well, I mean. Yeah.
3: And just, just to drive drive the point home about the, the brotherhood of resurgence, um, you know, one of the one of the symptoms or one of the issues that comes up with guys that are dealing with PTSD. Um, you know, we and I, I include myself in it, um, we tend to get angry about things a lot faster than a normal person does. And, you know, sometimes this this leaks itself into our group and it leaks itself into our relationships. And, you know, when we've got normal life circumstances that are happening, you know, that cause frustration, even within our group, we can get angry about things and we can get upset about things. And, uh, you know, I Ben and I have had struggles. you know, with, with our relationship and you know, we've we've had some times where we've gone at it and we've gone at it pretty hard. Um, but it's just the realization that, you know, there are things that bother us and there are things that that you know push their way into our lives and you know and cause those issues. But the amazing thing about it is we're able to get past it. We're able to to say, hey man, I still love you and I'm still there for you. And you know, whatever it was. I mean, I can't even tell you what, what the stuff was about. You know, I just know that, that Ben and I, you know, we've, we've been at odds and we've butted heads and, you know, there's so many times that people will, they'll be like, you know, screw that guy. I'm, I'm not going to talk to him ever again. I'm going to unfriend him. Um, but, you know, for me and Ben, and I know other guys in our group, man, uh, it, it definitely builds our bond a lot stronger. And, you know, we, we realized that, there is a connection and there, there is that support because, you know, you, you can't, you can't get an argument and, you know, have the, the interactions that we've had with each other and then turn around and be like, Hey man, we're, we're all good. And, you know, I'm still there for you and still love you. And, you know, and it not mean anything. I mean, it really is incredible. Right. But Ben's just,
4: it's
0: like family, man. You know, you might not always get along with them, but you're always there for them. It's something no.
4: other than family, but yeah. more than friendship, if that makes sense. Um, you know, one of those things where, like, like Todd had said, you know, that people in the group that were just, like, not clicking with or, like, angry at. Um, and a lot of times we're really good at collectively helping one another realize that um, – that anger you may have towards another member is more or less anger you have towards yourself. Um, And uh, in some way, shape or form, you're manifesting some type of self-doubt into how you treat other people. And it's, it's rapid for a therapeutic sense because we're so clued into that because we know what we're doing, we're just bad at following our own advice and um, we can snap someone back into reality really quickly, uh, especially those of us that have really gotten to know each other. Um, and, you know, you'll find in conversations if we can have, like, a resurgence experience of somebody experiencing our Discord chat or our Facebook Messenger chat <laughs> and uh, just read. No one pulls any punches, none. So it's like, you know, I mean, I don't know about the the censoring thing on this channel if I have to watch my mouth or not uh, I will uh, but uh, someone will say dude you're kind of jacked up right now for this reason and you're jacked up for thinking that and it'll be like I love you anyway but this is you're wrong and you're flat out wrong for this reason and it'll be debated and you know you're talking about people that are scattered all over this country talking as if they're right next to each other and you It's funny when you see us actually get together at the uh, reunions um, or the fly-ins that we collectively go to, it's like you think that we have been best friends forever and have been talking since last week um, continuously because no matter how much time uh, splits us uh, apart, when we are together, we are around each other. It's as as if no time passed at all. And that's something that you cannot – readily replace it's not something that you can readily supplement in anything else and you know there are no secrets from resurgence alumni we all have the same issues we've all seen some stuff that's it's enough to make you old uh we all have our own idiosyncrasies and our own issues uh, but we're all in it together um, and we have this additional shared uh experience of being paramotor pilots where we can talk about what type of freedom, and this is why Resurgence Resurgence PPG's mission is so much more important, the gift of flight is incredibly liberating. I mean, it's one of the few recreational three-dimensional sports that you can partake in. You know, I like my motorcycles, but I can go left or right and forward, and that's it. Going backwards sucks. Um, But with a powered paraglider, I can go up, I can go down, I can left, I can go right. I, I can get in and I can go somewhere. I can take off from one airport and go land at another field. Um, I could take off and go fly around a landmark like we did the eye of grande when we were at the reunion in Arizona. Um, You know, and that is, it's an escape from reality, but it's not an escape from reality, which sounds like I just completely contradicted myself, but it's an escape from the problems that life is bringing yet, but you're not leaving reality. You're still enjoying nature as it was intended. You're still enjoying things that happen around you. You're an active participant in life. You're still out there. You're talking to people. You're not introverted. You're not staying inside, feeling sorry for yourself. You're out there. You're exposed. You're doing something. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: Angela has a question. If we have a friend suffering from PTSD and we wanted them to connect with resurgence, how would we go about doing that?
3: So if... uh If you just want to have somebody connect with us, um, you can go to the uh, resurgence page. We have a a contact form. Uh, You're basically just sending me an email. uh, Or you can just send me an email directly, resurgenceppg at gmail.com. And, you know, I can go ahead and reach out to them. If they're a veteran and you're wanting to get them involved in the sport, um, go through the nomination process, which we have a nomination page on our website, uh, fill out the nomination page and submit it. Um, yeah, and the, the challenge with that is that we are on a significant waiting list. Um, last time I looked, we were at 70 candidates. And so I've got, I got 70 guys that are in need of support we just hit our 25th alumni and that's taken almost four years. So doing the quick math, um, it's going to be a while before we're able to get through what we have in front of us right now. Um, And so, you know, if, if somebody is wanting support or you feel there's somebody that, that truly needs the support, you know, send a, send a nomination. Um, We, we don't, we don't select candidates um, from the time that the nomination came in. And what I mean by that is, you know, the first 15 on the list may not have as compelling a story as the guy that's number 16. You know, the guy that's number 27, you know, might, might need intervention, might need something positive to happen sooner than number 18. So uh, just because somebody shows up you know, number 72 on the list doesn't mean that they're going to be the 72nd person that is is sponsored or serviced. Um, With that being said, what we've seen is that uh, the vast majority of nominees that we're able to sponsor, their wait time is uh, almost a year. Um, Just because of our, the time it takes us to get the funds to, to affect that next sponsorship. Whereas, you know, the guys, the guys that we're looking at right now, um, you know, I've, I've had that money for three months. I'm working at, you know, trying to schedule their training and getting instructors lined up. That's going to take another, at least another six to eight weeks, um, before the instructors will be online to help them out. So, you know, even once I have the money and everything's in place, it's still, a almost a five month process just to get all the logistics works out before we are able to get somebody into class. Could you explain the
1: logistics that you're talking about? I mean, is it as far as?
3: Yeah. So um, for right. us, our program, we go ahead and we'll do the coordination with the school or instructor. Um, we'll go ahead and make sure that the instructor in the school will be able to meet the needs of that candidate. Um, you know, like Brandon Vilt, you know, he, he needed a a trike because of a, you know, a high leg amputation. Um, But with that, will the instructors be able to, to meet the need because they realize that there's going to be that extra component of securing a leg um, or securing a foot to the trike? Um, You know, are they going to be able to, you know, properly assess whether he can uh, maneuver the trike? So those kind of practices, details have to be projected. They have to be discussed and worked out ahead of time. Um, Also, we go ahead and we provide the lodging um, for the candidates while they're going through the training. And so with that, um, we've either, you know, we'll either set them up in a hotel for the 10 to 14 days um, at our expense, or we'll go ahead and in Brandon's case, well, we've had a couple guys that we've done this with now, um, we'll actually do an RV share and we will rent an RV uh, that will be stationed on the airport that they're doing the training. Um, so it allows them you know, full access 24-7 while they're there um, you know, to really get the, the full effect of the experience. Um, we'll also go ahead and we'll pay the, uh, the transportation fees for them to get from their home of record to the school and back. Uh, so if they drive their their personal vehicle, we'll go ahead and uh, cover their mileage um, or you know we might uh, purchase an airline ticket for them and uh, cover the rental car, those kind of things. Um, and then finally, we'll go ahead and provide a per diem for them that will cover their meals and incidental costs while they're going through the training. and what this does is it completely takes out uh, any financial difficulties um, or financial concerns that, uh, these candidates might have when going through the training. So, um, when we do the sponsorship, it costs these guys zero dollars. Um, and it's just our way to make sure that they're able to focus on getting training, um, becoming a part of the community and, you know, getting the most out of the experience, um, before they go home, you know, um, any, any money or issues you know, related to the training, I'd much rather them focus on, on getting their own gear and, you know, being able to stay in the sport.
1: That's just amazing. Go ahead, Brad. Yep.
0: Yeah, I've got a question for Todd. Um, you know, you say you have a backlog of say 70 uh, candidates. That's incredible. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that could use um, the help, but other than getting a bunch more candidates through the school, do you have any ways that you'd like to see resurgence grow in the future?
3: Yeah. Um, so there, there are a couple of things. Uh, one of the big things is I really, really want to get our uh, exposure and influence out on the West Coast uh, to really pick up. Um, we've done a pretty good job, or I, I think I've done a pretty good job of making sure that we're spreading out the, the candidates and the training um, as much as we can. And I say that cause we've, we've had guys, you know, sponsored down in Florida, up to Michigan, out to Nebraska. Well, I mean, we've, we've had guys sponsored out in Arizona and California as well. Um, but well, and um, we just had a guy train with uh, Chris Santa Croce in Utah. He lives up in Idaho. And so we're, I'm, I'm wanting to get more exposure out on the west side of the country because the, the majority of our alumni right now are east of Kansas City. Um, and so I, I'd like to see a, a larger impact out, out west. Um, the other thing is we, we really want to get funding and donations so we can go ahead and uh, purchase our own trike, um, a tandem trike, Um, because myself and a couple other of our alumni that have been flying for a few years, um, we're at the point where, you know, we can go ahead and get our, our trike exemption. And when we go to events um, you know, if we were to go to bad apples, um, uh, Moody air force base and Warner Robins are, you know, just up the road and, you know, we can go ahead and get, you know, veterans from those communities come out and we can, we can provide, Uh, you know, tandem experience instruction flights ourselves, where we're not, you know, having to work out deals with other instructors or other schools. Um, And I think so from an impact standpoint, that's, that will be an important step for us uh, from a growth and maturity standpoint. Um, The training side of actually going through a, a full PPG2 curriculum, that will always be done through other schools we will never get into that business of us doing training in that regard um because i I think that does a disservice to the entire community um, by us doing the training um but us doing tandem introductory flights i I think would be a a huge benefit for us um just because it'll, it'll provide us the opportunity to have a wider a wider reach um so those are kind of the two big things from a, a growth and development standpoint that we're looking at. Um, yeah, the the other thing is we're hoping to um, get more involved with uh, the Department of Defense uh, Warrior Games, and uh, you know we were supposed to go this past September to Disney World to to act as a as an exhibition sport, if you will, um, but due to COVID, Disney canceled it um this coming year it's supposed to be in San Antonio, Texas. And so we're we're working with the uh the director of the Warrior Games right now to see if if we'll be able to attend uh on the army or on the department of defense's dime um to have some of our alumni go down there and again, you know, we would hope to be able to provide tandem flights and tandem experiences to the disabled and adaptive veterans that are there competing in the Warrior Games.
0: Todd do you have a tandem rig?
3: I don't have a tandem rig i've got a I've got a 38 meter wing that I can use. Um, I do but but I don't have a tandem rig yet so um, that's that's a big thing we're looking at.' I've, you know we've we've had a few trikes that have been donated um, but those donations I end up turning around and um, passing them along to some of our alumni that that are in need of equipment. That's um, a question that I have is how are you getting
1: equipment? Are you getting new equipment? Is this used equipment? Are you getting equipment at cost? because
5: um, of the program? So
3: We have been really, really lucky. Um, the And it's, it's kind of strange how the equipment piece has worked for us. Um, we've had a couple... Um, a couple schools that have donated equipment, um, aviator PPG donated a motor to one of our guys, which was fantastic. Um, you know, Eric farewell and aviator ha- has been a, a big proponent reaching out to their, uh, their aviator family, um, and encouraging folks that when they're upgrading equipment, that kind of thing to go ahead and donate to us. And there was a, um, a couple out in California, a a doctor and a wife that um, got into the sport, bought the full kit, you know, wings, whole bit. And they realized that because their medical practice and where they lived um, just outside of San Francisco, it was just too time consuming for them to get out of the city with their gear to get flying. And so um, he donated two wings to us. He donated a, uh, an almost brand new nitro 200 to us. Um, you know, so we were able to pass that along, um, a couple of the trikes that we've gotten, um, one gentleman that, uh, donated it, um, it was actually his partners who, um, had come down with cancer and had passed away. And we, we got that trike and it had six hours on it. Um, you know, another gentleman had a, uh, had a heart transplant and was not able to continue in the sport and went ahead and donated his trike. Um, and that trike had eight hours on it when we got it, you know, so from, from a motor standpoint, we have been extremely lucky in the, the equipment that has been donated. We've gotten really good equipment. Um, as far as wing go, um, man, we, we've had the whole gamut, you know, some of them have been really, really good, solid wings. Um, that we're able to pass on to guys. I've got five wings that are currently with, uh, Shannon, Michael at four Winds PPG. She's doing all the inspections and repairs on them. And she, uh, she she'll contact me and she's like, do you really want to keep this wing? And, you know, so it, it's, some of the wings are, you know, we were happy to get the trash out of somebody's garage. Um, <laughs> And so it, it just moved to us In other cases it mm. we're able to get some pretty solid stuff that we're able to pass on to our guys. And it's, I mean, it, it's been such a huge benefit to our alumni to allow them to, to stay in the sport while they're waiting to buy their own brand new stuff. Nice. Um,
1: now where would they, people can donate right on the resurgence PPG webpage. Correct. Website. Where else, what other avenues is there out there that you are getting the funding, you know, from, I know that, um, Amazon.
3: So yeah. Amazon, uh, Amazon smile. If, uh, individuals have an Amazon account, they can go to, uh, smile.amazon.com and they can go into their, uh, profile preferences and they can do a search for, um, preferred charities to donate to and they can select resurgence PPG and on qualifying purchases, we get a percentage and it's, it's not a huge percentage, um, but through volume of purchases and the number of people involved, man, it's free money. It doesn't cost anybody anything. All they have to do is you know select resurgence. Um, and, you know, we're getting several hundreds of dollars a quarter, um, that it doesn't cost anybody else a dime, and you know that's money that's you know hugely beneficial for us. Um, surprisingly, the the other big thing, and and this is where I, I challenge the viewers, is you know look at your look at the companies that you work for, see if your company has a donation matching program, and you know see if you can contact that that program manager, that program director for your company and you know they'll they'll typically send me an email i'll have to send in a couple forms that they verify that we're a, a legit organization and then if you make a donation to us through your program they'll go ahead and match it and you know they'll they'll match up to a certain amount and you know all of a sudden boom the money's doubled right there on the spot um or if if you happen to be uh you know, you're a member of a family that's fortunate, and there's a a, uh, a trust fund that has a requirement for donations. You know, please contact the the board of directors for that trust fund, and you know, recommend that they make a donation to Resurgence. We've we've gotten several donations that way that have been enormously um, important in helping us grow and you know get to the point that we are. So, yeah, that's. The, those are the, the ways that we've we've been able to raise money to this point. Um, or if you just have a, a checkbook and you really want to write a really big check, um, you can write a check and you can mail it to me. And uh, my address is right on the resurgence page. So it'll come straight to my house. So, Mark, instead of building that big house,
1: you know, you could just write out a check. It's the right. least
3: you can do, Mark. Yeah, yeah. You can live in a tiny house. Yeah, you know? yeah. I do. Yeah. I have for five years. Donate your
4: mortgage yeah. to Resurgence PPG. We really <laughs> love your entire mortgage, full balance.
1: Uh, Angela has a question. Is there volunteering opportunities?
3: Um. Yes there there are. But it, it's it's difficult. Um, Indeed. to kind of coordinate them. And what I mean by that is Will is part of a, a group, um, North Carolina uh, pilot group on Facebook. And I have a charity event coming up April 1st uh, here in North Carolina, and it's a fundraising event. We do it, well, we had been doing it twice a year, but they cut back and they're only doing it uh, once a year now. Um, and the past few events that we've gone to, we've, we've flown demonstrations and whatnot for them, and we've been invited again. And so, you know, in that regard, if, uh, if there's a local North Carolina pilot that would like to, to come help us out and do some flying, because I don't have that many alumni here locally. um, So I need to scrape together some other pilots that would be willing to come help out. Um, And usually when we go to, when we go to other events, um, there's usually enough resurgence alumni now that i'm starting to get them to do all the manual labor for me which is nice um and so you know as as far as volunteering opportunities you know my biggest thing is you know just share our mission you know share share what we do and tell our story to to other folks and um just be an advocate for us and you know see what you can do to you know, get somebody interested in, you know, see if you can point donations in our direction.
1: So the people that donate their wing or donate their motor or trike, now they can write that off on their taxes too.
3: So any donation over $250, um, if, if I receive it, um, I will generate a donation receipt with all of our IRS tax information on it. And they can use that to, uh, claim the deduction on their taxes. And so they'll file that receipt with their taxes. Um, if a donation is made through the website, they should get a, uh, automatically generated message, uh, with the receipt that they can go ahead and use for that purpose. Um, so, you know, any donation, um, you know, if it's equipment, if it's a motor or something like that, I'll end up having a conversation with the donor. And we'll discuss okay what what is the fair market value that you believe it's worth um because we we cannot give a receipt for you know full retail price um you know according to the i r s it's you know fair market value at the time of donation, and so we'll have a discussion you know what what do you think it's worth? Is that a reasonable amount that you're seeking uh credit for for the donation, and we'll go ahead and generate the uh the receipt at that point, and I'll mail it to them and uh you know, hopefully that'll that'll keep their uh, their accountants happy.
0: Hmm. Nice.
1: Well, Brian, Mark, questions.
2: I've got one more question, and this is pretty serious. What happens if you can't find
3: a pair of shoes to match your wing? Oh, so the the big thing with that is one, you'll be ridiculed endlessly. <laughs> um, it's a it's a fashion faux pas. But more importantly, um, your skills as a, pilot, as a pilot will immediately diminish um, because we all know that having shoes that match your wing, you know, it, it's like at least a 25% increase in performance and efficiency as a pilot. <laughs> um, so you have to ask yourself, you know, as, as you're going through your checklist, do you want to put yourself in such a hole that your performance has to be that much better simply because your shoes don't match? Hmm. So really, don't it's, how,
2: a, it's a safety issue. Then, really, if you think oh, about it. Oh, it is because you know
3: you you, you realize that your you know your brain's only firing at seventy five percent efficiency. Yeah. You know, and we're already starting at uh, at a lower rate anyway because we're paramotor pilots. Um, <laughs> we may not we may not have the best judgment to begin with, and we're already going to handicap ourselves by not having the appropriate equipment, which is matching shoes. Um, you know, it's you just don't want to do it. Yeah. Right on. Well, thanks
2: for clearing that up for us.
3: Oh, uh, that—that's why I'm here. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm here for your, for all of your flying and fashion advice.
0: <laughs> well, I just want to say I make a pledge right here. Whenever I buy new gear, my old gear is going to go to Resurgence. Oh, uh, God and bless you. Right. Oh, hopefully, man. hopefully it will pass the wing inspection because it's only got like fifty hours on it. So that's awesome. That's when, really when cool. I get when I get that C wing. Somebody's going to get that A wing.
3: That's awesome. And, and i oh, tell I you wing and the the wing piece is really amazing um we actually it's kind of funny we have one wing that it was actually donated by dave Ruff. uh it's a 28 meter or a, a 25 meter velocity core oh the um, town bicycle say again the town bicycle the town bicycle that thing has been passed around and you know that so that's that's kind of the deal with these guys. When, when they get equipment, you know, it's not their equipment forever and always for them to use and then go out and sell, you know, it's their equipment to use and stay in the sport and, you know, be a part of the community until they're ready to upgrade. And once they're ready to upgrade, you know, the expectations that they pass it on to another alumni, you know, we're, we're hoping to keep this stuff in circulation. Um, but this, this wing man I think we're on the third or fourth alumni that has actually had it. And uh, Mm -hmm. so it's, it's been beat up. It's been ridden hard and it's been put up wet. Um, But that old velocity core is uh, doing great things for resurgence right now.
0: That's awesome. Hey, I know that. What's up?
3: Here's our boy, Kelby Cox. I thought he oh. had a haircut
2: the other day. It turned out he had his hair pulled.
4: Yeah, is, I mean, business, mode. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, he's he's losing all kind of weight, doing great things, and uh, letting his hair grow out like a hippie. Hip.
2: Yeah, it was like 50
3: pounds, wasn't it? Something like that? 48 pounds or? 55 pounds now.
2: Hey, man, congratulations. Wow.
3: Yep. It soon we'll be able to say he's lost an entire will <laughs> fly. Yeah. Right. Well keep so, it on, there. You're doing great. You're up
2: to
0: twenty-five candidates now. Kelby, which which candidate were you in this line? Do you know?
3: Yeah, number six. Number six? Yep. I was number Sorry. four. Yeah, so number the cool four. thing about it is, you know, I'm I'm wearing a jersey from our uh, our adventure wingman trip. And so if you see these long sleeve jerseys running around, it's either a person that uh, was an alumni um, or was one of the instructors or somebody that actually came out on the trip with us and was supporting us during that adventure. And, you know, so when we got these jerseys, you know, the alumni were like, Hey, that's really cool. But, you know, we need something that's like just us, you know, that really sets us apart. So, we had a second set of jerseys done up, and on the alumni jerseys, on the left shoulder is a number, and that number is the number that they were sponsored. So I'm a number. Everybody, you know, there's there's never ever any question about where they were in the sequencing of events, um, because all <laughs> they have to do is look at their jersey and look at their left shoulder, and it tells them. So. You know, it's kind of cool, and it, it's, it's kind of neat when you get the guys together and they start comparing numbers and sizes and all that. So, Well,
4: <laughs> men have a tendency to in small groups compare sizes. They,
3: you guys know men compare everything.
0: Now, why'd you have to say small?
3: I don't <laughs> think anyone said small. Uh, yeah, nobody said small.
4: <laughs> nobody said small, small groups, right? Sounds like a Freudian slip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when's the next resurgence flying?
4: Oh, that's a good question. When is uh, it, Todd? Uh, wow. God, that, so uh, Really big so surprise.
3: As, as we were going through the, the pre-show and you asked, you know, what can we talk about and what can we not talk about? This was probably the one topic I should have shied away from. Um, so not sure at this point. The, the main focus for me and where I want to focus resurgence efforts is uh, the Warrior Games in San Antonio this summer. Um, And that's, but there are a lot of variables and we still have to get approved from Department of Defense and the Warrior Games and whatnot. Um, Absent of that, all the guys are pushing me to uh, have a a alumni reunion up in uh, Montana. And so we're looking uh, late summer, possibly. uh, Everybody road tripping up to Montana. Montana, Um, yes. Yeah. So, and I, and this is where the the guys, they harass me incessantly about this. They give me such a hard time because my my focus and my efforts are on the Warrior Games in San Antonio. Um, Everybody else wants to go to Montana. (laughs) So, I'm sitting here trying to fight with them and say, hey, guys, you know, we we need to focus on San Antonio. And they're like, no, we want to go to Montana. So, we uh we have friend a friend that is a big supporter a, a big contributor to resurgence um he's also a paramotor pilot uh, but he has a very large ranch up in montana that he's invited us to and uh once once our guys found out about being invited up there you know it's it's been nonstop it's you know every other day you know i'm i'm getting requests for us to to head on up to montana so um, to to Brandon's question, which I hate him because he had to bring that up. Um, I'm happy Brandon brought it up. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Brandon anymore. I am. Um,
4: uh, Brandon's like my favorite now.
3: Yeah, but I hope I hope he like breaks his pinky toe on his good foot.
4: No, I'll WD forty his
3: uh, artificial leg for him. Yeah. So funny thing, Brandon has this really amazing cybernetic uh, prosthetic. It actually has Bluetooth connectivity and he's able to change the settings and change uh, the angles that it bends and all kinds of crazy stuff right on his phone. So um, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, that's another aspect of this whole experience is, you know, seeing some of the technology that some of our guys have and, you know, it's, stuff that blows your mind. That's, it's kind of a cool benefit to, to being involved with this stuff.
1: No, that's pretty
5: cool.
3: So, but to answer the question, um, I don't have any firm dates on when the next resurgence specific, uh, event or flying is going to be, um, the next flying that we're going to attend is going to be uh, bad apples. That'll be the, that'll be the first big one that, uh, we're going to get to. Um, and there there are a number of others that we're going to try to get to this year that we weren't able to get to, get to last year. I'm going to um, try to do
4: bad apples again this year, too. Uh, There's usually a good resurgence showing for that, too.
3: Yeah. And the you know, thing is, Tim Gaskins is, is such a big supporter for us. Um, I wasn't able to make it last year. My son was graduating from college. I um, offered to help
4: you with that, and you wouldn't take my help.
3: Yeah, calling in a bomb threat to a university. I don't think I said the words
4: bomb threat. <laughs>
3: No, well, I'm I'm just, hypothetically the the course of action that might have been discussed. It would have been a bad idea, and Brian's like, you'd really say something like that? Yeah. Hey, we're sitting around a campfire. These are conversations that happen. So,
4: yeah. Probably. So there's a lot of so once upon a time in Mexico type uh, s- stories that are told. I had a friend I heard that bomb threat and
0: almost hit the exit
4: chat button.
0: I was like, I don't know if I want to be in here. <laughs> no, That's just Todd talking
4: crazy. He's an officer. He can't help
3: it. Yeah. It's my fault. But yeah.
1: So are, is there any one candidate that stands out over all of them? Or, I mean, is there any real mem- memorable things that happened that you can share with us?
3: Um, So yeah, I mean that's so candidates or alumni that stick out or events that stick out. Yes, we have plenty of stories about these things Um, about candidates. That I think one of the things that I'm most proud about is yeah, Kelby's here in the chat. Kelby has developed a a it's almost a cult following. There is such an appreciation for Kelby, you know, on these shows in these chats. Um, people love Kelby, and especially yeah, you, a
4: following for sure.
3: Yeah, if if you meet Kelby at a fly-in, you've been down to Bad Apples and you met him. Everybody always talks to me, and they always ask how Kelby's doing, and that's huge for me. That makes me feel so good. Um, so I, I think it's cool that you know there there's that following that Kelby has been able to generate for himself. Um, stories that are memorable. Um, big one was, uh, out at, uh, during our Arizona trip, uh, Sean Michael Horn, single leg amputee, he's going flying out into the desert. They were doing a, um, a a dedication ceremony at a flagpole in, in Glamis. And it was a, it was a tough day. It was, it was windy conditions. It was, you know, almost midday. You know, we're talking 11 o'clock, you know, thermals are hitting pretty good. Um, He's not a terribly experienced pilot, but he takes off and he goes flying out to this dedication. And there are some very experienced pilots that were landing before him. And when I say very experienced, I'm talking like Ryan Southwell and Mark Amonson and, you know, those kind of guys. Well, Shawn Michael comes in. He has a couple of really horrendous approaches. You know, he gets knocked around from thermals and whatnot. Now, uh, on his final approach, he kind of forces it in, and he crashed on the side of a side-by-side. He hammers the side-by-side hard. And there are – how many people were out there, Ben? Uh, I'd say well over 200. Oh, there were into the thousands. There were 200 side-by-sides. Well, if
4: you mean in the immediate area where he landed, yeah, easily 200 people. You want to go beyond that? Yeah, there's probably well over 1,000.
3: Yeah. yeah. So he he had a crowd that he crashed in front of. And so the the part that was terrible about it was when he hit the side-by-side, his prosthetic came back because it doesn't bend and it doesn't snap. Um, but it came back and hit him in the face as he's crumpling <laughs> into the side of this thing. He did try to brace himself with his prosthetic rather than his God-given leg. Yeah. And so it, he ended up taking a prosthetic to the face. Um, unbeknownst to him, when he hit, he broke his ankle Um on his remaining leg, I, well, on his yeah, on his, leg. on his good leg, and so um, he he cracked three ribs, and uh, you know, so he he tries to play it off. He ends up, you know, a couple of days later, gets back home to to Kentucky, finds all the stuff out. He he's in college, getting his pilot's license and you know aviation related uh, certifications, and a guy that he's in school with was kind of messing around with him. Cause now he's, he's got a prosthetic. He has a broken ankle. He's on crutches with three cracked ribs and a, a bruise on his face. His buddy thinks it'd be funny to, uh, to go ahead and act like he's going to trip him. Well, he fell. And <laughs> when, when he fell, he went to brace himself and, uh, he cracked his hand. He cracked every bone across this hand. So, now the guy after his crash and his fall, he has the prosthetic leg, he has a broken ankle on the good leg, he has a broken hand on one arm and three cracked ribs on the other side. So dude was walking around with one fully able functional limb on his body for a while. Um so, you know,
5: <sighs> poor guy.
3: Did, there are stories like that. We we've got other stories about guys getting lost and Ben and I and Mike Cotter going out to try to find them. And
4: Oh, yeah. I'm going to land on the side of a mountain. Which way is the sun? Is that where the sun went, Todd?
3: Did the sun yeah. just
4: set in the east, Todd? Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's, <laughs> so, and, you know, because of these things, you know, we obviously give give each other call signs. And so um, our, our buddy that got lost, we call him Land Nav now. <laughs> um. So, but, yeah, that's, I mean, we've got a lot of those kind of stories. Just... Everyone has names. an
4: affectionate nickname. I am yeah. twenty grit, i.e., uh, slightly abrasive.
3: <laughs> Very abrasive, but yeah. So, I mean, if if you want me to go on with stories, we can we can start pulling out stories, go all night long.
1: Well, that's pretty awesome. We'll have to do that at the fly-in. I'd like to hear mm-hmm. some of them.
3: Oh yeah, they're worthwhile. Yes, they
1: are. So, any other questions before we do uh, the will fly spinny wheel? Brian, Kelby, Not Kelby, how you been doing? Oh, I'm good.
3: Good, I bet he is. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Will any questions?
3: He so right. sounded sound great there. Will dang it, dang we it. agree. <laughs> the answer is no. Will rookie mistake.
2: Uh, So, yeah, no, it's been a great show. Really enjoyed it. And I am ready with the wheel anytime.
1: Well, uh, let's see. So because this show was actually sponsored by um, Mark McElroy and Paralife PPG, uh, he has three things that he would like to give away. One of them is one of his cups. One of them is uh, one of his shirts and one of his 14-inch stickers. And... Todd from Resurgence, he has something that he would like to also give away. Todd, go ahead and tell him what it is.
4: And Todd, I'm going to sign off for the night, so uh, I'm going to excuse myself for the remainder of the show. But thank you so much for letting me come on as a Resurgence alumni and telling you a little bit about my story and how much Resurgence means to me. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, Ben, thank you for coming on the show, and thank you for your service. Thank
3: you very much. You have yourself a great
4: evening. See you, Ben. Take care. Peace.
3: So what I've got, um, those that are familiar with paraorangeproducts.com and uh, Chris and Larry DeChico, they had sent me a package of uh, emergency wing bags. And so what I've got is it is a vacuum sealed wing bag. And the intent is that uh, you place this in uh, a, a pouch on your frame or you put it under your seat board and you fly with it at all times. So if you have a, a motor out and you, you land out from the field, you can pull that out, pull it out of the vacuum pack seal and uh, put your wing in it. And that way it makes it so much easier to uh, extract yourself from an off field landing. Um, so I got some of those from a uh, pair orange products and uh, they asked me to go ahead and uh, either sell them or give them away. And yeah, so I figured this is a great opportunity to, to share share the benefits that we've been provided with everybody else.
0: Nice.
1: So see, Will, Will can take it away. And while he's doing that, um, Tony Marzano has a question. He wants to know what your call sign is.
3: My call hmm. sign is Ironman. Um, and it's because I have the ICD in my chest that kind of keeps me alive. Uh, it's, it's basically my arc reactor. So I'm, uh, Tony Stark and Stark Industries, so uh, I'm Iron Man.
5: There
1: you go. So, Will, what are, what are we spinning for? What's the first thing?
2: Uh, I, you want to do it by choice? You want to uh, do a specific thing? That's up to you. Do it. Why don't you do it by choice? Whatever, whoever wins, they can pick. All right. Here we go. Hope I got everyone's name. <laughs> I believe I did. Oh, let's stop quick. Go slow days, right on, man. So, what do you want, slow days? Let us know in the chat. <clears throat> yep, and
1: then yeah, keep going there. Okay, so slow days gets the first pick, slow days will get the first pick.
0: All right. And he gets to pick from a cup, a shirt, a sticker, or a stuff bag.
2: Yes. this 43. Number two. Congratulations, man. All right, so we got uh, one more, right? Two more. Okay, here we go.
5: What are Steve uh, number three oh, so Johnson Q? You're so
2: close, uh, ah, Johnson. Okay. <laughs> All right, you tell me when to stop, and I'm number four. Uh-oh. Yeah, Calvary Calvary Cox. Calvary, Calvary Cox. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, Calby Cox. Calby Cox.
3: Oh no, give no. that to somebody else. I don't. I don't need anything. So, so, what do you want us to respin,
2: or do you want it? Yeah,
0: yeah Let 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 somebody else get it.
2: Well, that's very nice of you. Um, all right, so we're spinning again for number four. Four. Oh, oh man, oh. Bill H. Golly, that was a close close one, John. So J- Bill H. is number four.
1: Yep. And then we're waiting for slow days. Let's see. Uh,
0: so I don't think he selected what he wanted, did he?
1: No, he didn't.
2: Okay. So spin again.
1: No, we're just waiting for slow days to pick what he wants. Cup. Oh, okay, shirt, so we're, we're or Emergency bag. Okay. So uh, let's see. Oshkosh is when.
3: Uh, it's going to be the end of July.
1: In the
0: July. Okay. Son of Fun's coming up sooner. I think that's in April or May. Correct. Yeah. Nice. I've never been to Son of Fun. I'm going this year for the first time.
2: How is Sun and Fun as far as uh, paramotor activity? Isn't that like an experimental type thing? I mean,
3: are we welcome there? Um, I haven't been to Sun and Fun. Um I know typically the paradigm team will uh, have a performance, um, but at Oshkosh they actually have the ultralight field, and they have certain hours uh, set aside just for paramotors. Um, so you you can you know you can fly in the pattern at, at Oshkosh and say you've flown at Airventure that kind of thing. Um, but is you know like anything else that is. So have a heavily trafficked. That's very strictly regulated. You have specific time frame. You have specific patterns to fly, um, and specific rules you need to follow while on the field. But you know, if you follow those things, it is a cool experience. It's amazing to be up in the air, flying around, while you have other aircraft that are landing or departing. Um, you know, just hundreds of feet away from you. Um, you know, so it's, it's a cool experience. I, I would encourage anybody that, uh, that hasn't flown at an event like that to, to take the opportunity and go, but I, I can't speak to sun and fun. I haven't been. Yeah.
1: Is Ben in the chat? Does anybody know if he's in the chat? I haven't seen him there. I'm sorry, not Ben. Um, Bill H. Cause uh, slow day says he wants Bill H to pick first and then he'll take whatever's left. Slow Day says he'll take whatever's
2: left. Bill H is indeed still in the chat. He is. Bill H, come on.
0: At Class Q Airspace, uh, Johnson Q in the chat says, sun and fun for general PPG flying is really small. It's very limited days and hours, and the pattern is like two minutes mm-hmm. up, around, and back. Um, yeah, my, my impression was it's mainly fixed wing as well. Um <laughs> I'm in a market for an electric ultralight. And I heard that they will all be on display there. So that's why I'm going.
2: Johnson Q, that kind of brings back some memories. Something to do with moonshiners in a creek. Hmm. Oh. Hmm. Is that where you walked on water? It is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Only because they had
0: shoes that match his wing, though, Todd. Otherwise, yeah. would I would have sunk otherwise. that's exactly Right, that. yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That that whole twenty five percent performance gain.
1: <laughs> so, are we saying that Will needs that emergency bag?
2: No, no I don't need the emergency bag. Huh? I, I I I didn't win it. I'm like,
1: oh, no, you you just had a crew come out and help you out of the water there.
2: I did. Oh. I did. My buddy came so to cool. my rescue. My Thank fault. you guys.
1: Well there's Bill H. He's there. Bill, what do you want? A, a shirt? You want? Do you want a shirt, a sticker, um, a cup, or, or the bag. emergency bag?
5: The
1: yeah. yeah, the the shirt, the cup, and the um, sticker are all from Para Life, and they actually sponsored this show.
2: And you know, I'm just messing with you, Johnson.
3: Just messing with you, man. Johnson does have a really good, uh, story about getting wet.
0: Bill says he'll take an emergency bag.
3: Okay. Right on. All I'll right. just need to get, uh, his mailing address. So if he can either send me an email at, uh, resurgence, PPG at gmail.com or, uh, shoot me a message on uh, Facebook messenger. I'll All go right. ahead and get him one. The, Who
0: had
3: a uh, second date? Was it? James EST43. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's one of our alumni. He wants a bag as well, so I'll send him one too. Oh, that's cool. So
1: uh, let's see. Oh, wow. Third. Hot buttered, Steve. Hot buttered Steve. He's driving. Steve, what would you like? Good night. I know he's listening because of the fact that he isn't got anything else to do in the car right now.
0: So it sounds like all three items from Paralife are still on the table, right? Yes. He's got some pretty nice cups. Yeah, well, well, I think what they'll
1: do is they'll reach out to us and uh, tell them what what they want, and then uh, we'll, we'll get those things off to them. Yeah, there's a Paralife cup.
0: Just saying, I happen to get colors that match my wing, Todd. So if you don't have, you know, a cup with colors that match your wing, you really, you know, you ain't there yet what I'm saying. Right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> see, I, I'm so happy to see people, you know, picking up on the, the whole fashion sense of the sport, you know. Because I, I came from a skydiving background, and, you know, the the custom jumpsuit that you would have made And your container system, I mean, it all had to look really good. Your helmet had to match because it doesn't matter how good you are in the air. It matters how good you look on the ground. And that's what it's all about. (laughs) That's exactly right. As long as you look good on the ground and you have an air of confidence about you, you will gain respect.
2: And I think there's I think they're going to put
3: that in the seventh uh, edition. of the. Yeah, I was. I was actually talking to Jeff Goin about it not too long ago. Yeah. you know, He was, uh, he was down at Wachula. He, he flew, uh, he flew his plane down and was hanging out with us a couple of weeks ago. And I talked to him about it. You know, he's, he's very fashion conscious and fashion forward. So I, I think it's not going to be a whole chapter, but it's probably going to be a, uh, you know, at least a page. Now, is it possible to partner up with the uh, USPPA
1: and, um, um, to
3: promote resurgence, yeah. So Noah has already reached out to us um, as the the leadership has changed and Noah's picked it up. They are getting ready to publish the first uh, magazine uh, for yep. members, and uh, they're doing a piece on resurgence uh, in the first magazine. So Noah's already reached out to us, and uh, you know we're looking at probably having a uh, an advertisement uh, in the magazine going forward as well. That's
1: awesome. That's cool. When it comes down to the instructors, what do you look at when you're looking for instructors? I mean, I know that there's lots of instructors out there. Yeah. What are you
3: looking at when it comes to an instructor? So the big thing, um, obviously they have to, uh, prescribe to the notion of the fashion sense their, their wings and shoes have to match because if not, (laughs) we, we can't handle that, uh, that performance degradation from the instructors. Right. but no, seriously. the the big thing for us, and we've we've found that because of the way we've modeled the program uh, and the way we provide the the funding for lodging, uh, travel, and per diem, um, we've kind of forced ourselves into a situation where we have to have a boot camp style training program, um, and so we we need to be able to sponsor the guys. Um, you know, for a 10 to 14 day period, um, unless they live very close to that school or instructor. Um, and what I mean by that is if if they're within like 30 minutes of the instructor, um, we can go ahead and, and do a a program where they're training on the weekends. Um, but so the big thing is we're we're trying to to get those instructors, those schools that have that boot camp style. Um, training and experience just because of the the geographic dispersion of where these nominees might live and where the instructors are, you know, just the, the challenge of marrying these guys together and having five hours of travel in between them and trying to do that every weekend. uh, It'd just be too difficult for the way we've set things up. Um, So that's a big thing. Um, The other is, you know, what is the the reputation of the school and the instructor um, you know there are a lot of great instructors in our community and and i i will profess that and i will be the the first prophet of the instructor model that we have we have really really good instructors within our community um, that being said we also have some instructors that probably shouldn't be instructing and you know it's important. You know, much like we try to vet the candidates, um, I also try to vet the instructors in the schools. Um, you know, we've we've done a, a pretty good job so far, um, and so it, it really is. You know, it's it's a recommendation process. It's a vetting process. It's you know, what kind of experience do those instructors actually have, and can they meet the the additional nuance need? of our candidates, because, I mean, let's face it. Our guys are not the, the, you know, young fit in shape, uh, you know, student that every instructor wants, you know, we're, we're bringing in people that are broken. And so we need instructors that have experience to deal with that. Um, that's kind of a big thing, right? So that that's the, the long story to a, a very short answer.
1: No, that's, that's makes perfect sense. So, well, I definitely want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Um, thanks for your service, Todd. Um, thank you. Hey, can you explain one thing though? Why yeah. is everybody walking around with these shirts to say, shut up, Todd?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, hey, um, but they're also the coffee mugs. That say shut up Todd coffee mugs that that are now on the uh resurgence store. And I would I'd be super happy if folks went on and and bought a a shut up Todd coffee mug. We've got a couple other coffee mugs that are really nice, but the the shut up Todd one seems to get attention. Um so as you've seen during the show tonight, I, I have a very dry sense of humor, a very dry approach to things. Um, I'm not the most charismatic individual, um, but I do have a fairly quick wit, And, uh, so it all started when I was going through training at, uh, aviator PPG and Kyle Mooney was one of my instructors at the time. And, you know, Kyle has a great sense of humor. He's super funny. Um, But he would he would say things and he would get frustrated about stuff because I would always come back with a a smart comment and he would get frustrated by it. And so he just started saying, you know, shut up, Todd. Just uh, if I open my mouth, you just shut up, Todd. (laughs) Um, And so, I mean, it was it was kind of funny to start with, um, but it, it was just Kyle doing it. Well, all of a sudden they is aviator was growing and expanding. They brought Chris Garrison in and, uh, all of a sudden one day, you know, Chris had made a comment and I made a a, a sharp jab back at him and he turned, and he said, shut up, Todd. And it's like, at that point, the lightning was in the bottle and the rocket ship took off. And next thing I know, everybody is just saying shut up, Todd, whenever I'd open my mouth <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> then it was, I it was Travis Burns' sister-in-law had made up a shirt for him. And he was the first one with a shirt that actually said, shut up, Todd, on it. And, you know, I was kind of shocked by it. And, but, you know, I was kind of like, wow, what what's this all about? And uh, Kyle Mooney's like, dude, you need to sell those shirts. And, you know, we were on a show that and I, I forget what show it was. But Kyle's like, dude, you need to sell those shirts. So I went on while we were on the show, I go on the website and I go ahead and design the shirt real quick. And, you know, throw some text on there and plop it on there for sale and immediately started selling those shirts. And, you know, so I'm like, hey, we're making money off of it. Right. But the, The weird thing about it is I I'm super cool. You know, if we've met before and we've talked or we've chatted on Facebook or something. And you're like, hey, shut up, Todd. Or, you know, if, if Will or Brian, they're walking around with a shut up Todd shirt. Hey, that's cool. You know, they kind of get the joke. We're all in it together. Where it's weird is when I see an order come in for somebody I don't know. <laughs> somebody, I have I have no clue who they are. And they're, they're just ordering a shut up Todd shirt. I'm like, what did I do to you? Right. <laughs> what, what in the world? So yeah, it's... So it, it, it has turned into a, a, a crazy monster. Um, but the fact that we have sold more shut up, Todd coffee mugs than any other coffee mug, all that means is I've got to keep them because they're making more money than anything else. So,
1: and that's what it's about is making money. That's yeah. what it's
3: it, it, the, uh, to the, to the detriment of my, uh, self-confidence and, uh, you know, my, my own self-perception, um, it's all about raising money for, for, for the cause and for our candidates. (laughs) You know, my buddy,
2: Darren Locklear, I know you know him, but he was proudly showing off his shut up Todd coffee mug the other day.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So I got to give it a lot of people don't know. Um, Darren has been a big supporter of resurgence and, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to call him a friend and I, I love, seeing what he's doing with uh Carolina PPG um it was god 3 years ago when uh i was heading out we were sponsoring robert bruce um out in california and i had lined up a a trailer to take my stuff out there um and because at the time resurgence did not own their own trailer and the, the coordination fell through. And so I got on Facebook and I, I put a message out. I'm like, Hey, I need a trailer from somebody because renting a trailer for a month and taking it cross country was going to be stupid expensive. And uh, at the time, Darren didn't know me. I didn't know him. Um, and he just responded. He's like, dude, I got a trailer for you. And I'm like, I'm going to need it for at least a month. And he says, you might want to put tires on it, but you're free to have it. And uh, so I went and picked it up from his dad's house and uh, put a new set of tires on it and drove that sucker out to California and back. And uh, it was awesome. And, you know, it it's one of those moments that you you see an organization start to build and start to gain confidence when people are willing to step up and help you out like that. And uh, Darren was one of those guys very early on that was taking care of us. So got a lot of respect for darren yeah that's
1: that's pretty amazing that's but i mean that's that's where the paramotor community that's where we all you stand together you know anybody needs help we're always there that's what's uh pretty good um will why don't you spin again if uh slow days wants to pick out something um he can and uh Go ahead and spin again. I We can't seem to get an answer from Steve. Um, All right. So go ahead and spin that again.
2: There we go. Can you see it? Yes. Okay. Spin it again. Who's it going to be? Uh-oh, Josh Perry. There you go, <laughs> Right on, man. (laughs) Well, he's in the chat. Yep. So does he get to pick or?
1: He can pick. Uh, I see that um, Slow Days wants the coffee mug.
2: So good deal. Nice. And what does Josh get to pick from? What, What are his choices?
1: His choices are the sticker or the shirt. And which shirt is this? Is this the Paralife this shirt?
2: Here. Paralife shirt. Oh, man. Man, oh, man. That is the most comfortable shirt there is. Right here. The Paralife shirt. I'm sitting right here.
0: Oh. Yeah. There's a Shut Up Todd shirt on the market, too, by the way, y'all. <laughs>
5: yeah, right. <laughs> so, you
1: know that? I haven't
0: worn one, and I have to say the Paralife ones are very comfortable. Yes,
3: they are.
1: <laughs> so, um, well, I, I want to thank, uh, everybody out there, you know, that was in the, uh, arms or, or the services to, you know, for what they've done. Um, my father-in-law, Leroy, he served in the air force. Thank you for that. Um, say hi to Patty and then my parents. Um, so Todd, where can people find you on the internet?
3: Um, Facebook, we're at uh, just look up Resurgence PPG. Uh, same as uh, Instagram, which I'm I'm not great with social media, but we do have a presence on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, hopefully, I try to get everything to cross post. It works sometimes, it doesn't other times. So, um, so we're there. Uh, if they want to look at our website, resurgenceppg.com. Or uh, they can go to ppgvets.com and it'll redirect them right to the resurgence page. Well, very good. Kelby, where can we find you? <laughs>
5: uh,
3: Making Georgia? I don't, I don't have any idea. I got I got a couple Facebooks and I can't remember any of the passwords. And...
1: <laughs> we can yeah, find so, you at the gym working out. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. There you go. He'll be at kickboxing class,
1: right? Exactly. And Brian, where can we find you?
0: Yeah, you can find me at uh, ppgbryan.com, takes to my YouTube channel. I have Facebook, but I pretty much never check it. So you can friend me, um, and eventually I will
2: find it. <laughs> there you go. And, Will, you can find me on YouTube under Will Fly or willflyppg.com. Great show tonight. Thanks for, uh, thanks for helping us out with
0: it. Yeah. Thank you, Todd.
2: No, yeah, thank, thank you guys you for the invite.
0: Yeah.
1: Kelby and Ben, you know, I appreciate you guys coming on the show. Um, if anybody, uh, doesn't have anything else, I'll say goodbye. You can find us here on Tuesday night, Hangout, out with all of our buddies. And, uh, we will see you guys next week. So y'all take care. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, thank you.